0: cool strong start let's try this again hey welcome to crime curious i'm charnel i think and and i'm amber and we're finishing up part two of amber's case that was a listener pick this week yeah so welcome back hope you had a good week so far i almost said
1: thank you like you were talking to me (laughs) thank you it's good to be back (laughs) So as you guys probably, you know, remember from part one, mm-hmm. if you haven't checked it out, you should. Yeah,
0: go check out Sunday's episode.
1: We told you the story of Rose Larson, who she was, background, her upbringing, yep. leading up to this very enmeshed, a mess. It was an mess for sure. This very enmeshed relationship she had with John. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I'm gurgling. I heard it. I
0: heard it. <laughs> We had a snack. We did. Okay, damn it. We had a snack between recordings and now our like, bodies are and, digesting. And it, was, it was like
1: a second grade snack. We had Cheez-Its and a brownie. We, and s-
0: we split a Cosmic Brownie. Yes, we
1: did. Now I'm gurgling. <laughs> yes. and
0: also, that was the best fucking snack I've had in a long oh, it was time. was so, so good.
1: It was. Ugh, childhood. It, it really satisfied me, but mm-hmm. now I'm like... Ugh, ugh. So now okay. we're burping it up. So bear with me. But no, we were talking about this, the relationship she had with John and how enmeshed it became and her wanting to do everything with him. And she wanted to be a rapper, too, because he was a local rapper, Which apparently. Is just something that baffles me. How do you go
0: from like, I have no rapping musical talent to I, you know what, I'm I too want to be a rapper.
1: I agree. There's no part of me that would ever feel like I could freestyle.
0: Never. Ever. No. I can hardly talk. I mean, you guys have heard me on this podcast.
1: <laughs> you think I'm just going to rap? But so John ended up being this person that wasn't so great for Rose. He was selling drugs. He had weapons in her mother's house. And so mom finds these things and he, she's like, he's got to go. Yeah. Mom says, nay, nay. Yes. Nay, 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 nay. And so she kicks him out, and John ends up, at that point, pulling away from Rose and ending the relationship. Well, as we know, Rose was not having that. She was not. She, she was did not. not take no for an answer, and she was very heavily following him, monitoring him. Like you said, low-key stalking Low him. I think that it was some low-key, maybe not when even low-key. Ha- when <laughs> you have to use the words following and monitoring, that's straight-up stalking. It, yep, I think we had mm-hmm. some stalking going on. John was becoming more and more irritated with it, and so sure. he at some point says that he's going to kill her if she doesn't leave him alone. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where we left things. Rose had a couple days after a really nasty fight with him at a party and backing into his brother's vehicle. <laughs> Oops, sorry, guys. I'm a hot mess today. Just, just knocking your phone just all over the things. place. Um, so after that fight, a couple days later... I left you with Rose, was heading out to hang out with her friends. She had checked in with her mom. At 1.30 one. At one yeah, it was like 1.20 a.m. or 1.30, and, and she was checking in with mom. And then she was on foot walking to wherever she was going. And so yeah. mom had that feeling like, you know, something, something's S- off. She was worried. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's where I left you guys, and we're going to pick up from there. Unfortunately, things get pretty ugly at this point um so this is the part where we're gonna talk about the well, crime a and, true crime podcast things aren't usually pretty here yep so rose markey that's that's our rose larson's mother mm-hmm. she was laying in bed the next morning when she receives a call at 8 a.m it's uh it's a monday at this point december 7th uh yes okay. are you proud of me for remembering I am that so proud. very month. good job I so listen. You, you do listen. I didn't even remember. I'm like, crap, what day was that? <laughs> um, so she grabs it on the first ring. It is Detective John Cody. Mm. I hope I'm saying that right. He introduced himself. Uh, my understanding, I think his, I think that Rose's mother had called and was waiting for a call back. Okay. Um, and that's why the detective was, was reaching out. She wanted to talk to him about her daughter, and she was really hoping that he would believe everything that she was going to say. Her fear was that she didn't want him to think Rose was just a runaway, as we see, like, you know, that she had just run off. So she just, she didn't come home that night, and it made mom... Yes, and mom had that feeling that we talk about in so many cases when something happens, and they know it, and so... My understanding is that Rose Markey, the mother, um she was afraid she didn't want it to come across as just another oh, she ran away. She For said sure. she knew it was much more than that, and she needed somebody to like listen believe to believe her. her
0: well, and unfortunately, Rose's behaviors and lifestyle do lend. Typically in missing person cases, yeah, to like, yeah, she probably just she ran could be away. Run,
1: yes, mm-hmm. and I mean, my understanding it wasn't uncommon for her to be out all night. Yeah, and not come. I home. mean, her nickname was the vampire. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so mom is like, I mom's like, I have I'm, this feeling. Yes, this is different. And and she went on to say that the more that he actually did believe her as she was telling him everything. Then she was getting more scared because he actually was hearing her Correct. and believing her. Yeah, yeah, I get that. He did listen to her. He said something was terribly wrong, and he, he said mothers know, and that, yeah. you know, his gut oh, was telling good him. for him. Yes, I, I thought that same thing. I was like, wow, somebody that actually is like moms know when something's wrong. Yep, have an intuition, and it sounds like a good intuition of his own as yeah, well. he said his gut told him something was probably wrong too, mm-hmm. and so they did um, – they did act on that. So after that call took place, it led to one of the longest and most extens- extensive searches ever in Lansing. Oh so, really? Yeah. Oh yeah. We huge... should mention
0: we're in Lansing, Michigan.
1: Yes. For this, and I, I mean, you know, we suck did. if I didn't mention that. I apologize. Well,
0: you did in part one, but just for people who might be tuning yeah. in and they shouldn't be, go listen to part one. Yeah, they but. should already know. Yeah.
1: But yes, we're in Lansing, yeah. and this is 1993. That mm-hmm. everything's unfolding. Yeah, this was an extensive uh, search that that took place. So Rose Markey recalls the events that kind of led up to her calling and knowing something was wrong. She said that she punched out at 7 a.m., uh, that it was the end of her shift. She headed home to her, her house on Miller Road. Um, apparently, it was a pit stop between jobs because she worked two. in oh this is gosh. up six, 60 to 80 hours a week. Um, I had read 60 before, but she worked all the time. When did she sleep? I don't think she ever did. And this woman, I mean, she had said before her her life was her kids and and work. That was it. Wow. So she had stopped home. She said she went right up to Rose's room, and she wasn't there. Rose Mm -hmm. was not home, and she said she knew immediately. She was concerned. Rose hadn't showed up. Like we said, it wasn't uncommon, I don't think, but th- there was just that feeling. But it does sound
0: like Rose communicates. I mean, she was checking in with her mom at one twenty a.m. Yeah. You know, so for her to have not heard from
1: her and her not be home, I can see why there's red flags. She didn't have much time. Um, Between she, jobs? Yeah. She yeah. had to hurry to her next job. Wow. She did paintings for buildings, I guess, like uh, paint jobs. So she had a job lined up, so she didn't have much time. Um. Man, could you imagine
0: working all night and just going home to check on your kids and get, you know, changed or whatever and And get on to your next job? I know,
1: I know. She did go back to her first job at the Quality Dairy and said, let me know if you see Rosie. She called Mm -hmm. her Rosie. Um, You know, let me know if you see anything. And I think she was starting to really get worried Mm -hmm. at that point. Rose's father also got a call, Bill Lerner. The call said that his daughter was missing for 20 some hours at that point. And he said he didn't know where to look, so he checked up and down the streets looking in ditches like he didn't know where to sure. start, but you know, he was obviously panicked as well. Rose's mother called her called friends asking where, you know, if they had seen her, yeah. if they had talked to her.
0: This is nineteen ninety-three. There's not cell phones and text messaging it, and exactly. social media.
1: Um Rose's friends, Carla and it says Carla and Charla comments. <laughs> um <Okay. laughs> Some of the friends she spent a lot of time with, that she mom called them, going um, to hang
0: out at Carla and Charla's. <laughs>
1: All right. No, she did discover Billy Brown was gone too. She couldn't find him, so oh. there was speculation: is she with him? Yeah, out doing something. She called the pizzeria that Rose was working at. No, and she was scheduled. Rose was scheduled to work that okay. day, and so she did end up um when when they discovered she was missing there was a shift apparently that she was supposed to to work and she no call no showed for yeah. her shift and so things are starting to unfold as you know confirming going mama's on. gut feeling yes the family also designed missing persons posters and put them up everywhere with a picture of rose from a family wedding that summer and i think as most families do they are Doing everything they can for the search, putting, right. you know, pictures up and getting the word out. Marky said, as soon as I saw her picture on that poster, I knew we'd never see her again. Oh, So I think she knew, she yeah, knew she internally did. that yeah. her daughter was gone. Oh, but wow. as parents, I mean, we desperately yeah, grasp it yeah. whatever we can. And that doesn't mean you stop looking. It says that Friday, I think as all of this is unfolding, it was payday at Meyer, uh, the Meyer p- Pizzeria where she was working. Mm-hmm. And that was a tip. Typically, a day that would get Rose like out of bed early and sure. and going. She loved getting paid. Her mom recalls she would get up at seven a.m. and take the bus to go get her check. That was the only day she would get up before noon. <laughs> I think in a desperate like attempt to check check and see, she went to uh, Marky went to the. Uh, Meyer and just to see if Rose had maybe been there to get her check. Right. She knew if she was getting paid, she would have went to collect right. that check and the check was still there. So that was just another reassurance that her daughter was gone. I yeah. think this part just breaks my heart because as we talked about, her mom was a single wor- working mom. And so she still had to work through all of this. And on December 11th and 12th, she had to go that it was the weekend. Uh, following her daughter's disappearance she had to go to work still and paint buildings she said I had a breakdown I went into paint I started crying hysterically and I couldn't stop and that just sure to me it makes it you know puts it into reality of how hard that must have been because we've talked about this with with some of our indigenous families and like how they had to search on their own yeah but, but having the time and resources. Yeah, still
0: and, need, those bills don't stop. Yeah. You still need groceries, got to still work. It's got to be horrific.
1: Another indicator that she was truly missing was, we talked about Rose had this love of talking on the phone. So when she was home, she was constantly taking up the phone line, ringing friends and always talking to someone. And so the calls did stop. Like, nobody heard from her okay. via phone since yeah. the 7th of December. So that was also like, uh, okay, mm-hmm. this is truly, yep. like, she's gone. Yeah. Because she would have called one of her friends or family at, yep. you know, at some point. Someone would have
0: heard from her by now.
1: Rose's mother placed a small light signifying hope in her front window and vowed to leave it there until Rose was found. Mm-hmm. Um. The detective asked questions and visited Billy Brown's house because they knew that that was a really close friend of, right. of Rose. And around the time that she had gone missing, Billy wasn't around. Like, yeah. nobody had heard from him. So, the detective did ask to speak with him, and they took dental records as well as part of their- Of Billy? Yes. Okay. I, yes. Um, I think they're starting to try to build this investigation. Mm-hmm. A lot of Rose's friends speculated that she could have been with Billy because they were always together. So his right. name was mentioned quite a bit. And then to him for him to not be immediately
0: available at the same right. time she went
1: disappearing you know, disappeared, that's suspicious for sure. Right. And then so another piece of this where things kinda start to take a small look in the in this direction is that Billy Brown's mother Teresa indicated, well, Billy wasn't home, but he was with John Ortiz Cahill, okay. the uh-huh. her ex, right? So yeah. they're like, okay, you know, uh-huh. so these two were together, right?
0: And John had previously threatened her, right?
1: So I will tell you, like we see in many cases that involve a missing person and a search, the days turn into weeks, mm-hmm. weeks turn into months, um, oh, months. They go by. did over fifty searches. For her, so it wasn't lack of effort. Yeah, that's um, good. I think they made a tremendous effort to try to find her body. Um, at some point, they knew they were looking for a body. Right. And so time does go on with, with no leads. This was very strenuous on the family, as we know. Oh, I yeah. mean, it caused a lot of emotional turmoil. Rose's mother, she was struggling to keep, you know, her job. She couldn't eat. She couldn't sleep. I mean, it was so, oh, I so hard. Imagine. Yep. Yeah. And the detective talks about too how hard it was to see the toll it was taking on Rose's mother. Yep, yeah,
0: I bet. I have that it's like secondary trauma. I have felt that in investigations before.
1: Yeah. I'm sure. Where you
0: can see what it's doing to the to the other people and it's out of your control and you're doing the best that you can, but
1: And yes, it does. It sounds like they did. I mean, they did helicopter searches. Um, through the air, uh, it was, they, they well, did. Well, that's good
0: that they had the helicopters in the air.
1: <laughs> you know what? It is. I, I'm very glad. They efficiently used their equipment. That's good. But I think the problem, the problem that they had, Detective Cody that worked this case for so long, he said that nothing really panned out. They didn't have a crime scene. They didn't have right. a ton of leads. They had- you
0: literally just have this person that disappeared.
1: Yes. That's, that's what it felt like. Obviously, people were talking around the Lansing area because this was a big deal. Certainly. So rumors start speculating. And- rumors start speculating. <laughs> what is wrong with
0: me? I don't know, but I'm loving it. They do helicopter searches in the air and rumors start speculating. You heard I- it here first, people. True story. Um, we went last night for sushi and probably se- too much wine. I little, mean, yes. I didn't have too much wine, but you certainly had wine. We were celebrating
1: something special of Amber's. And, uh, we did.
0: We it may be, It may be
1: catching up to you today, my friend. I honestly think that's what is going on. <laughs> really, rumors were speculating. They were all over the place. Um, you know, what sounded good in my head before it rolled out <laughs> of my actual mouth. Your face. <laughs> But the other thing that started happening with this case is, as we see so often, the tips start rolling oh, in. Oh yeah, so many tips. And oh the tip. So some of the tips that they had called in, someone thought that they had seen Rose at the Lansing Mall. Of course. Someone else heard she was beaten to death with a baseball bat. Oh Jesus! Uh, right. A tipster thought she was in Saint John's of North North of Lansing. Uh-huh. One caller said had called and said Rose was in the river. What? Um someone else called and simply said you'll never find her, which is well that's really fucking
0: helpful cryptic,
1: yeah. Um My god, what is wrong with me? Oh, she's just she's in the river.
0: <laughs> right. What?
1: The, you'll never find her You'll never her find
0: one. her. Like that's so yeah. that's so Thank creepy. you. Did you just need to talk to another human today? Why no. are you calling this?
1: So he he began to look into tips, like, you know, the detective did. He started to look into these tips coming in as best he could. Except for the you'll never find her" one. <laughs> <Right>? Jesus. <laughs> Another thing, so there was close to 100 tips coming in about Billy Brown and John Cahoe. Really? What Detective Cotty said is nobody knew firsthand knowledge, and it was all oh. hearsay, uh. but it was a lot To do with that. Of the same hearsay? Yes. Yeah, see, that that adds up. Yes. He did talk to Billy Brown, as I had mentioned, who had reported he had no idea where Rose was. The detective ends up saying, I talked to him enough times to know I was talking to someone who was somehow involved. Mm -hmm. So he had a hunch that Billy had something to do with this. You know, they just didn't have anything to go by. So Detective Cotty he thought he found a pretty significant lead in this case when they were conducting one of the searches that would have put Rose with these two boys, possibly. Okay. Because what he discovered, there's a four-foot piece of wall paneling. It was, like, I think just randomly out in the woods somewhere where they were looking, but there was a message on like a handwritten message on the board and it was Rose's handwriting They they discover it was. What? And I don't know if that was like her mother verifying the handwriting, but they do confirm it was Rose's handwriting. And what it says on the sign is John is a whore. <laughs> so they were like, okay. okay. Or maybe they is were out this here. This one of the things that she does when she's she galavanted, it, yeah,
0: <laughs> gallivanting around at three a.m.
1: and whatnot. Yep, I'm not sure where, if it led to anything, you Tons know. But they were, whore. they found that, and they're like, okay, maybe they were together out here, or
0: right. And she's writing on this paneling, this garbage, essentially, right in right. the
1: woods. Um, psychics mm. also started calling the detective, giving tips about oh. what they had seen. Um, okay. There was one vision that Rose was buried in, like, a mound of dirt somewhere. Another one said there was something black around her neck. And another one saw the number 1108. So huh. I found it, it's crazy that the psychics were all, like, reaching out to yeah, their the, visions. The, the police weren't reaching out to the psychics. The psychics were reaching out to
0: them. Right,
1: right. It became somewhat of an obsession for the detective on this case that he wanted to find her so bad. It was um, going into his personal life. Like, if if he was, um, I guess he rode, like, motorcycle, and if they were out, like, him and his wife, she'd be like, you were not looking for a body, are you? Oh, uh, right.
0: Like, <laughs> yeah, and he's like, yeah, yep, guilty. I was, I was. But, <laughs> yeah. I'm, but I'm here now, baby. I only see you.
1: And it was frustrating for his wife because yeah. I feel like they're, I'm Life sure. outside of work, it, you know that case kind of bled into it. it. It's
0: so hard to turn off. How do you turn it off? Like here, I here I can't stop my eyes from seeing, so I might as well
1: peruse around
0: while For I'm sure, here. sure,
1: honestly, I mean, how could you just Ugh, flip that that's switch? Hard. Yeah, it's you're involved in that case. You've worked with the right. mother. I mean, just because
0: you're not clocked in does not mean that the rest of you isn't.
1: Yeah, from what I read, he met almost daily with Rose's mother in this case. Oh wow, isn't that's that incredible? Awesome. Yeah.
0: We need that in all of the cases. He looked through Rose's room for clues. I mean, he was super involved with this case. The case I'm going to bring you next week is not going to go like that and you're going to be pissed.
1: One of the things that the detective did was look through. Rose had her Bible in her yeah. room. So she he looked through that just to see if there was anything in there. They did find a slip of paper that it was a prayer request for John. Um to not be a whore, um, yeah, it was. Oh, it was actually a request to deliver him from sin, evil, and drugs. Oh, okay. So she was praying for him. Yeah. Time went by. Holidays rolled around. I'm sure that was very difficult. They did more searches by air, helicopters. Awesome. I'm guessing. Yep. I think <laughs> you're on to something. So, and now we're into March, April of 1994. So, okay. still something some You know, no, no leads, no significant. Anything helpful tips like you'll never find her, yes. that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly, they were hopeful that they would possibly find a body or something in the spring after yeah. winter had passed. Sure, we hear that so often, too, as grim as it is. And so in May of 1994, they got another call saying Rose's body had been dumped in a private gravel pit in Holt, Michigan, Uh which we are familiar with. Oh my gosh, yeah. So obviously they go to check this out. They scour the area. They search head to toe up and down and they find nothing. Um, And it's just, it blows my mind people are calling these things in like, Why would you randomly call something? I just don't get it. No, just to be a wet fart of the earth. (laughs) That's exactly. I mean, it's just so bad. They're so stupid.
0: I know we're not supposed to say stupid, but like, I'm sorry, but you're acting out of complete ignorance
1: when you do shit like that. Yeah. There was some water around the area, too, that they had searched. They brought divers in. Like, they did the full thing and still nothing. It sounds like at some point the detective on this case, who I really feel like tried his best... But it sounds like he started to get some ridicule from local people, like, "Oh, he's never gonna find her." Really? Yeah. My yep. God, let's turn them
0: on to some of the really shitty detectives that we've covered. No kidding.
1: I mean, I he's talking almost daily with her mom for crimin out loud, crimin, crying out loud. Crying, he, they, crying out loud. <laughs> they did. I like that out crying. Crimin. That's a good one. I feel like from I mean, what I read, they did every effort to search for her. But it sounds like there was some criticism coming coming in, of course, because people are dicks. They are. So in May of 1995, Detective Cody actually retired. At that oh. point, he said it was one of the hardest things he. May 1995. Yeah. So we've gone uh, from 93 in another yes to ninety four
0: to ninety
1: five. Okay. Yeah. So. Nothing in that time. No, no leads. No.
0: A year and a half later. Yeah.
1: And he retires. And I don't know if it's the case that, you know, it was. I'm sure it was so emotionally draining. Yeah. But he, he did say it was one of the hardest things that he'd ever had to do is leave the case. Right. Like, Retire so, right in the middle of it. Yes. He was so involved with it. It was devastating for Rose's mother because she was of so course. afraid that no one would take that case as seriously as he did. Certainly. Yeah. Or be so invested. So she was absolutely devastated like this case might go cold yes at this point yep we'll never have closure yeah so after the detective retired they did assign the case to two lansing detectives uh lucas actually i'm sorry it's lucius lucius hayward and john hern hernsman herzman and so they continued to search. This is August of 1995, like the case was mm-hmm. passed on. So they do continue to search, obviously, a couple more unsuccessful leads. So what they decide to do at this point, it's like we've been doing these searches. We we get these odd tips. We're really not getting anywhere with anything. Mm-hmm. They decide that they're going to um, start basically start over from scratch with okay. the case. I
0: have heard of this happening when a new person takes over and they kind of go back to square one yep. and start interviewing
1: the same. People I, honestly, again. I think it's a great idea because mm-hmm. you get a fresh, fresh yep, perspective. Fresh yeah. So, uh, the detective that talked about, you know, now being on the case, one of them, he said, we went back to December 7th of 1993 and we reconstructed everything from day one. Um, Billy said he wasn't involved. His parents said he wasn't; they weren't involved. Um, so they went back through piece by piece, like everything that they knew, everything that had been gathered, and started to dig into that. Which, mm-hmm. in all honesty, it's really what helped solve this case. Yeah, they were certain they knew obviously Rose was dead, and they do they firmly believed that somebody had made her body disappear. Obviously, they had all these searches, no leads, nothing. So, at this point, they start to, um, I don't want to say stop the searches, but it's like, okay, somebody made her disappear. Right. Like, yeah. so they're thinking body's gone. Not, yeah, we're not going to find
0: her on the side of any road at this point in time. She would have been found already.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: Like, at this point, we need people to start talking.
1: Yes. And they knew, in in the detective's words... A core group of people who knew what happened worked hard to make sure the truth didn't surface. So mm-hmm. they knew that, like, there were people that did this, covered it up. Like they're out there, yeah. Um, and the, and they're protecting her death. So one of the things that, as they're going back to square one, the detective learns of is the breakup that had happened between Rose and John. Mm-hmm. And so he learned how ugly it had gotten, and that Rose was very vocal. Insulting John and, and dogging on him and that and she also he also learned about Rose's, you know, stalking, stalking. Behaviors. Yeah. And that John was actively trying to avoid her. So he is learning all of this stuff. So Detective Brooks, the the one that's investigating at this point, he said he found a man who had picked up uh, John Keho and, and Billy Brown at the bus station. And he told a story that the detective said was pretty significant and very consistent with what they felt like they had already learned. Okay. So this was a good um, lead for them Mm -hmm. at this point. The man said he was sure Rose was killed in a house, but he didn't know which one. He inched toward the answer police had been looking for. And so this was like the closest they had gotten to anybody that had seen anything. Yeah. Yeah. So this was a big deal. And then in April of 1996, they have another big break. I don't know if it's because he kind of knew that they were honing in on him anyway, but Billy Brown comes forward and he wants to talk.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. 1996. So we are two A couple years later. Years and some
1: months later. Yes um and maybe he decides if i'm the first to talk i'll get a lesser i think so because the detective even says he he thinks that billy knew his days were numbered yeah so he's deciding to come forward like they're not just gonna drop this tell if billy has a man bun or a oh god skull i don't know it's got vibes it's got (laughs) vibes that i don't like i i agree but so at this point, he's like, let's talk. I'm going to tell you what happened. And he does end up telling the police everything that happened. Really? After two and a half years. Mm-hmm. In, How chivalrous of you, I, Billy Brown. Honestly, I don't know that he. butthole. <laughs> Billy Brown the butthole. Yes. Um, I don't know that he ever would have come forward had the police not been no. honing in on this. For things. sure, definitely not. Had they not continued to press this and investigate mm-hmm. it, no. The first thing he wanted to emphasize is that he was not the murderer of Rose, mm-hmm. but he was willing to tell what happened.
0: Let's establish that right now. I'm not the murderer, but I've just yes, been covering it know, up. But I know someone who was supposed to be my best friend. Yeah.
1: Billy Brown, you are a butthole. So he told he told the detective of a night that involved drugs, sex, and murder and body parts inside the home of John Cahoe's grandparents Ooh. in Albion. <gasps> Albion? 40 miles away from La- from Lansing. So this is, you know, his... He's telling the details, and I'm going to get to those in, in a minute. Shit, I was just there the other day. Warrants followed after he confessed everything, which, like I said, I'm going to tell you all of that yeah. in a minute. Um, And Billy did turn himself in after that. It was April 14th, and he... Uh, did agree to testify in the case? I'm sure. <laughs> I'm uh-huh. sure he did. Cahow was a different story. He did not turn himself in. There wasn't a warrant with. Um, there was a warrant issued for his arrest, but he went MIA at that point. There was a national manhunt that started for him. Oh, so yeah, it was it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, I think it took some time for them to find John Keho because as time goes on, they're they're proceeding with their investigation still Mm -hmm. on April 15th, the police searched the home. That was, it was reported that Rose could have possibly been killed at his, his grandparents grandparents' home, which is so disturbing. Uh, Um, it was a nice little country house on a country road. Yeah. That's besides the city of Albion. That is the rest of Albion is right. Country, country roads. Thankfully the grandparents, it sounds like they were on a, Vacation in Arizona during this time, so they were not actually there for
0: the events that took place. God, he's just taking advantage
1: of his grandparents. For sure. So inside the the bathroom, crime experts, they did go in and they, they found what looked like to be a, like, older drop of blood possibly. What? Which, Two and a half years later? That's that's my understanding. Now, I don't know if this home was just not like used very much or they spent a lot of time because it sounds like they were like they had another home in Arizona. So maybe snowbirds. So they maybe. were only here in the summer. I mean, that's
0: very common in Michigan. We get people that only live here for like three to four months because the warm months.
1: Yes. I, I don't know. I mean, but they they found this blood and they sent it in for DNA testing, and they they were thinking it was going to belong to Rose. So wow, oh I, well, I okay, don't know. blood
0: splatter does get everywhere. And do you often clean every baseboard in your home, and you know,
1: top to bottom? Probably not. They may not have been like deep dive cleaners, right?
0: Right, exactly. Huh. Just surface level only. You know? That's hard for me to believe. I mean, I guess I could believe it, honestly, if it was like on a baseboard or up by the ceiling or something like that, that would be easily missed. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we are talking, it could have been splatter. So it, yes. I, I could, and if it was just a small spot, I could see how it would go.
1: And once I tell you everything that's hap- that happened, you're going to understand why there was probably a lot of blood. Okay. So it might, yeah. it might've just been missed. Yep. And then no one. In the general cleaning. It? I don't mm-hmm. know. But I, I wondered about that, too. I'm like, that's...
0: My, ba- my baseboards aren't spick and span. My, do- you know, just the other day, I happened to look at my front door and was like, oh, my God, I had to wash the whole door. Uh-huh. Like, who- everyone's fingerprints were right by the doorknob and stuff. Like, well, are we dirty people? What the hell is this? So, you know, I can kind of see <laughs> yeah, how... Yeah, that's
1: understandable. Roll- moving, fo- moving forward, we're into July and August. The State Police Crime Lab... They make a trip to Meredith. It's a t- tiny Michigan town. Mm-hmm. And there's, at this point, they have information that Rose's body could have possibly been destroyed at this certain location. So they do, and I'm, I believe this is from John confessing, or I'm sorry, not John, Billy, Billy. confessing things as to where, you know, what happened. And so mm-hmm. they go to this location. They were able to find bone fragments and oh. also sent those in for DNA testing. So they're starting to build some evidence yeah. here. My understanding is the pieces they found, it wasn't necessarily right off the bat, anything that they would have thought was bone. Like they just found tiny charred pieces of things. Okay. So they, they took them anyway just yeah. to be examined. Uh, but it wasn't like Large pieces, right? Where be like, oh, so it's that's not like glaringly obvious, right? At first, okay. Right. Um. And in August, they still had not found John Cahoe either. This the search was still okay. continuing. Like he must have been hiding pretty well, still on the land. Yes. However, as the search was continuing in August of 1996, police were watching um John Cahoe's family as well, and so his his brother. Uh, his brother's name's Tim. They were kind of following him and watching. They know they realize that he's left Battle Creek and gone to Mexico, huh. and so they trail him. I, my understanding is like the whole time yeah. in some way they're following, and that is how they they do find him because find John, yes, yeah, because he had went so to Tim his was, brother.
0: Tim wasn't going on vacation. In Mexico. No, and uh-huh. so
1: I don't know if the police knew how far he was going or how like how that all unfolded, but they obviously trailed him. Yeah, and they and he basically led them right to John. Yeah, so perfect. They end up finding him in August of 1996, finally. But it did go on for a couple of months, so they couldn't they couldn't find Fuck him. Fuck his family for hiding, right? As well. Especially after what he he did. De- he did the manhunt ended, or I'm sorry, the the whole hunt was like four months total that they were looking okay. for him. So as soon as uh, John Keho was in custody, the detective, uh, Detective Brooks called Rose's mother to let her know that they oh, had found, good. they they found him. Yeah. Because they were certain at this point that these two were the, yep. were guilty. So I'm going to tell you about the crime at this point. Okay. Um, we know Billy came forward and gave the details, and this is a graphic part okay. of trigger what warning. happened that night that Rose went missing. So yeah, trigger warning. It's pretty gruesome. The two of them end up picking Rose up at some point that night. That that she had been, you know, out walking, yeah, just, and, yeah. and so I mean, I don't know if this was pre-planned or, you know, on there. end. I, I don't have the details, but she didn't think twice to go with them. She right. wanted John back anyway, and right. Billy was her friend. Billy's her best friend, so she does end up going with them. They go to the the house. Mm-hmm. Um, Billy's recollection, like, he thought they were just going there to get high, probably have sex, Mm -hmm. like, just do partying. Yeah, all the things things. they've been doing. All of the sins and evil that John was partaking in. Exactly. So uh, that she was praying for
0: so to stop doing, but she was doing, too. Right.
1: (laughs) Okay. This is Billy's recollection of what happened that night. So when they got to the, the house, it was obviously... Empty, they go in. Uh, Billy said that John and Rose had sex, and then I'm not sure why. I didn't get the details, but the three of them take a shower together after that. Okay, maybe they were saving water. Okay. Um,
0: or perhaps Billy didn't want to admit that he was a part of the threesome. Could be, could be. But he's okay admitting they showered together. Because Billy said
1: like he assumed they were going there to have sex. I don't know if they like all had yeah. sex together. I'm not really sure about that. I didn't find that detail. Okay, but if they're showering together, they're having they sex. They took together. a shower okay. and so Rose, he recalls Rose um she was brushing through her what hair at the time. And she started giggling kind of nervously because John, he had gently come up behind her and put a cord around her neck. She thought he was joking. Okay. Yeah. And Billy he was joking to from what he says. Uh-huh. Right. Um, at first he was like gently pulling on it. So it did probably appear to be playful and mm-hmm. in, in some way. And so Rose was laughing. She kind of played along at first. Like, oh, stop right. it. But he slowly like started to move it like closer around her neck. Rose wasn't questioning
0: why John was all of a sudden not avoiding her and was willing to be with her again. Like
1: One would think like what? That would be a red flag. Sudden, sudden turn. Right. So according to Billy's testimony at this point, um, he watched as Keho increased the tension on the cord and at that point proceeded to strangle Rose mm-hmm. fully. She fell onto the bathroom floor and Billy said he interrupted to ask if he was killing Rose. Like, is that what you're like? That's what you're planning to do. That's your um, listen,
0: butthole you are so you know you got to take this confession with a grain of salt I th- because I
1: agree. he is
0: trying to distance himself as much as possible from i didn't know this was the plan and mm-hmm. this is what was happening and i stopped story first asked if this is what he's doing what the fuck do you think he's doing
1: and and i mean it doesn't sound like he attempted to intervene in any way he just no. stopped to say like hey to are ask, you killing i'm her? sorry i
0: just asked i stopped to ask a question yeah he said, what it is that, this quiz bowl? No, right? it's a murder. You're not. I don't believe that. I think he he was a part of this. No. More than what I, he's I willing to too, admit. And
1: it's it's sad because this was like her one of her best friends. too. Oh, yes. But he didn't stop it in any way. He just was like, oh, are you killing her? And um, John Keho responded, the bitch has to go. And that's what's going to happen. Um, minutes later, Rose was officially dead. And he Aww. said he remembered the brush still being in her hand.
0: Oh, yeah. Because all she was doing is brushing her fucking hair.
1: Yeah, I know. <sighs> she. I mean, yes. It. It probably, like you said, it was unusual. Probably unusual that he now wanted to hang out. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't think so, but she. Pro- that's probably what she wanted. So she was like, right. "Yeah, I'll
0: go. Right, I'll hang out with you." I don't think this was the first time of all three of them having sex together either. So are it probably it was probably not- right. She trusted Billy, so...
1: probably You're probably right on that. Another piece of this that happened beforehand, like, before they had sex, before they showered, John Cahoe had brought a bag in. It was, like, a garbage bag of some kind, and it had some heavy items. It appeared to be, like, a heavy bag. When they asked what it was, he said it was things for the night's festivities. Like, he was being kind of dark about it. (laughs) Billy said he learned later what was in the bag, like, after the murder happened, it contained a knife, two bottles of charcoal, lighter fluid, a hatchet, and some trash bags. All so right, he so this was
0: very pre it, it was planned. Very pre planned. And I'm sorry, Billy was a part of this the whole time, the and whole it, night. It
1: does make you wonder, like how he could have been so clueless about it, and just like all of this unfolded right in front of him, and he didn't. Have any idea. Yeah,
0: nope, nope, no. He's a complete yeah. snake.
1: He stands by having no idea. He brought a full supply of cocaine and marijuana for that night, thinking he was just going to party it up, and it was just going to be average night of getting high, mm-hmm. doing some drugs. Mm. I like this guy about as much as
0: I like an infected
1: nose hair. <laughs> Good call. I mean, truly.
0: She's known you since fifth grade.
1: Now, my understanding is that Rose was dead at this point after the strangulation, but... Kehoe did proceed to um take Rose like back into the the shower part, and he proceeded to slit her throat with the knife that he had brought. Mm. He took a break from from what he was doing to go do some cocaine, and oh, then he came back. Took a into break the from the slaughtering, little little bump before we yeah. finished the night's work. Okay. From what Billy said, he said I told John I could tell that this was not the first time he had done this because he seemed to I be was just like going to say that too, very heartless about it. And um, he said, I, he, I guess he looked at, at Billy and said, well, what do you think? Billy remembers uh, vomiting vomiting at that point as this was all going on. Um, Cahill, only wearing boxer shorts, rinsed pints of blood from Rose's body with a hose. And then he got a hatchet and a block of wood at that point. Mm. Brown recalls hearing whacking, and he saw Keho like, hacking... Dismembering Rose's body in his grandmother's in his, yes. bathroom, you
0: heinous, heinous donkey dick.
1: Which I mean, yeah, that's so horrible. He's just a horrible human. In gra- in grandma's grandma's bathroom,
0: bathroom. Yes, it probably has like the little, you know, the little geese, little goose oh, couple.
1: I probably did have that geese was in
0: the early 90s mm-hmm. those were very popular for grandmas to decorate with the mr and mrs geese i know
1: my, my grandma actually i think had Mine those did too
0: and they she dressed them up for the seasons but i mean they had
1: them on wallpaper everything oh, oh. so billy recalls that john started to take off her arms and feet and hands and also her head as well brown also said he came back with a foot sticking on a knife he held the head up like cla- the Clash of Titans before he took it to the basement. So he oh was like making God. sick jokes about this too. There was no remorse so at all. So he's enjoying every minute of this. Yes. Billy said that Keho then chucked her body parts into the basement fireplace, burning them until they had but mostly gray cinders remaining. This was only like the limbs that he had tried to burn at this point. Okay her torso was like it was still in the the shower mm-hmm. and the doorbell rings and what? a friend of Kehos had come over to hang out somebody named Sammy and her um and his girlfriend like they had come over to visit so John proceeds to visit for the next like hour or so with them. Who's coming over and visiting in the middle of the fucking morning? I don't know. These people. Because <laughs> it like, it, it's it, like it's 3, split, 4 in the morning right, at this exactly. point. Hey, just dropping by for some tea and grumpets. Yeah. So he, he stops for a little visit and does indicate that her torso is still in the, the bathroom at this point. So after the couple leaves, um, he said, we cleaned up the house, put the body in a trash can, grabbed some shovels, 10 gallons of gasoline, some trash bags and left after they left. This is where they, they proceed to try to get rid of the entire body. Um, they yeah. went to the, the location with the fire pit mm-hmm. where the, the chards were the bone chards mm-hmm. were found. The men loaded the garbage bin into a compact car owned by Keho's mother. I love that he's using his family stuff for all of this. Yeah. What a wanker. Um, God, they headed North. They drove, drove 100 miles to Brown's family property on, uh, Uh, Island Lake in Meredith. And so that's where they proceed to try to burn the rest of the body. Mm -hmm. Billy Brown said, it's far away and secluded. We're going, uh, we were going to burn her up until there was nothing left. Um, No body, no crime was there. Was there a theory on that? Not
0: true. Not true. That's true.
1: Fucking asshole. That is someone's baby. And obviously they did a crappy job because they, I mean, they left their trail of things. Right, right. So once they arrived, they had to proceed to make their own fire pit. So they dug uh, a hole in the ground and they put logs down and a, a couple pieces of plywood. So oh, very boy scout of them. Yes, very, so resourceful. Um, the men unloaded her midsection onto the fire pit and poured gasoline all over the, all over it. Lighted the fire. They burned her for like ten hours to try to, oh yeah, burn down the remains. I'm yeah, sure it took in, a long time. Like
0: a, yeah. All because you didn't like that she was wanting you back. Yes, she was a nuisance.
1: Yeah. So this is she what had to you go. do to her. And so yeah, I. God, this is why I say so often that I hate people. I know it's like, like this when, was the only option. Yes, I'm sure she was. The stalking was annoying, but like there was other options. So many other options, and I would like to think she eventually would have stopped. Yes. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. I agree. She would this have. Got was the, not the answer. Yeah. So. As this fire is going, things get a little disturbing. Uh, Billy, rec- Billy recalls that as the flesh is cooking on this fire pit, oh. that John Cahoe Mm-mm. took a piece of the flesh, Mm-mm. trigger warning everyone, so he took a piece of the flesh from the fire and he put it on a piece of bread and put some mustard on it. What? The fuck? Um, Brown said that he at that point ate it just for the experience, just to know. No. Like it's some kind of like delicacy? No,
0: that's not an experience. That's so disturbing to me. So,
1: so disturbing. Oh,
0: great. Now I can't have bread or mustard. I know. It's
1: ruined. Ruined for me. Oh, my God. Why did he even have those things with him? (sighs) Good question. I don't know if he pre-planned. Like, I'm going to myself have myself a snack while we do this. He had to have pre-planned. I mean, because brought- my understanding, like, there, the, it was John's, like, family property, but I don't know that there was, like, I don't know where the right. bread and we're, mustard we're, came from. We're building a
0: fire pit somewhere, and now you're just whipping out bread and mustard? This says when the
1: fire... For <laughs> a fucking picnic? <sighs> gross, I know. So gross, animal. I seriously wanted to vomit when I when I read that. Um so, they burned, like I said, 10 hours burning this fire down. When it was done, they filled garbage bags with her ashes, okay. and they loaded them into the car. John said they spread the ashes along the roadside and highways all the way to Big Rapids. So, I don't know if they oh. were just like letting them fly out the window. Yes, probably. Probably hitting cars. Oh. Ugh.
0: God. He said some of Rose's
1: ashes went into the dumpster at a rest area. Um. She was literally
0: like scattered She's all over spread Michigan. Everywhere. Yes. And this whole time they were looking for her and
1: this is where she was. Yes. He said that they they did this all the way to Big, Big Rapids and Tim um John's brother lived there. When they arrived, Tim asked, "What'd you do with her?" What happened? And John smiled. Tim said, never mind, I don't even want to know. So his brother must have known, like, something was
0: happening. Yeah. Never, you know, let the police know. But So right from the get-go, Tim knew something and just hid it for all these years. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he can fuck off, too. Brown said Tim Cahill was surprised to see the gasoline and, and shovels and hatchet in the car. Yeah, certainly he said don't worry about the stuff in the car he would take care of it um so it's like even though he wasn't involved, he knew so, he knew she was going to die, and they he didn't who, want to know how. Who
0: was going to take care of it? Tim was, I believe. So, yeah. Oh, okay.
1: So we're helping. Then yeah,
0: in that in that situation, you're a part
1: of this. Now, his lawyers, obviously, Tim Cajo's lawyers, tried to argue that he had no involvement and knew none of this. So, whatever. It's. I think a lot of he said she said at mm-hmm. this point in the case after everything starts to unfold. Well,
0: clearly he knew something because he traveled to Mexico where his brother was hiding. So. He,
1: he, he, knew was, he was he yes, was in hiding. Completely involved, like, the whole step of the way, whether, yep. you know, I don't know how much he knew, but he obviously was, he was a part of this. Yep, he's a wanker, way. too. Brown said that he and K.O. spent two days with Tim in big, big Rapids, and then Tim drove them to the bus station in Grand Rapids, where they brought, where they bought Greyhound tickets and boarded a bus to Florida. So they must have stayed there for a little while, like, laying low. Yeah. And this
0: is and this is why Billy wasn't available to talk to the police because he was in Big Rapids and then went to Florida.
1: Yes. Now I will tell you that the bone fragments that were found, um, I told you about from the fire mm-hmm. pit. They had taken those in thinking they were bone fragments, they were never fully confirmed. So they really only had John's side of the story like to go by. Yeah. I believe that the the blood was confirmed to be Rose, and that's okay. really the only piece of true evidence that they had. Wow aligning with with John's story so I'm going to shift gears and tell you about the trial in this case I wanted to mention things got heated between Billy and John oh I bet they did Um, so one of the twists in this case it it was an interesting thing that happened as all of this is unfolding and they're starting to really hone in on the two of them as the suspects because it was the F didn't the FBI get involved yeah. And that's what Yes. See, and that's what I think made Billy start squealing. I do too. And I, I did read an article that indicated that's really what made him come forward. Mm-hmm. So he really wasn't um I mean, it was a good choice on his behalf to do that because yeah. it did as it you will see in out, a minute. Right? Yeah. It will it worked out in his favor. But as this is happening and he's starting to talk to the police, one of John's friends his name was Robert Michael Wood. He ends up putting combustible items into Billy's house. Now, obviously, Uh-oh. they had to do some investigating to to find this out. But he gets caught basically trying to blow Billy's house up oh, for talking shit. to the police.
0: Oh, yeah. Snitches don't just get stitches yeah. in that
1: situation.
0: Yeah. Okay. So Eww.
1: they found a ton of bomb, bomb, bomb materials. Yeah. And obviously figured out what the intention was. Yikes. And so what the police end up discovering is that they were either trying to kill him or at least intimidate him to shut his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would appear so. So, and he ended up getting a decent sentence out of that. Yeah. You know, it sounds like it was a lot of combustible items. Because you can't do
0: that, right?
1: You can't do that. So that just even... You know, puts more red flags in there that there's something yep. that, you know, John doesn't want getting out them there. to know. Yes, yes. Like I said, Billy Billy kind of confirms that Billy does know stuff. Right. That is exactly what my thought was as well. Just here in a few minutes, I'm going to share with you a little bit of John's side of this. Sure. Um, we're going to talk about the trial and everything first. But, you know, Billy's side versus John's side, regardless regardless of those things, this guy did try to blow Billy's house up. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean. Yeah. That's that's a huge red flag. It is. It doesn't look good. I mean, that happened. So, <laughs> right. it's like, I get it that there's two sides, but, right. that's, but that looks real bad it, for you, buddy boy. I agree. <laughs> Like I said, Billy was smart in coming forward first because what ends up happening in this case is so they they basically make Billy a deal. Like, listen, if of you course they do. talk and you tell us what happened, we'll give you a deal, mm-hmm. which we see this happen mm-hmm. all the time. You, sometimes you have to deal with the devil to get the results. You do. So in exchange for a deal that Billy would testify in the trial against John Ortiz-Cahoe. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm saying his name right. But, you know. Yeah, that guy. You know. Um, so in exchange for that testimony, they did make a deal with him that he would only serve one year with for his involvement in this case. One year? Yes. As and in I, 12 months? Yes. And As so, in less time than it takes to gestate an elephant? You are correct. And I know that people feel some sort of way about that because... Oh, I'm feeling ways. Yeah. There's a lot of... Just a lot of unanswered things in, in this case. And so I think the general consensus is like, WTF? Yeah. How can he only get a year? Well, and this is making more sense to me as to why John is screaming foul here. Yes. Yeah. So, and that, that leads me to the next part of this. So we'll talk about the trial. Um unfortunately i can't imagine how hard this was for the family but this trial went on for for a good solid three weeks of testimony john was the key witness the key person that basically shared all of those the details that we talked about i'm sorry yes billy okay thank you Uh, and so his her parents had to sit and listen to that gruesome (sighs) detail and that broke my heart because i saw part of like clips of the trial where Billy was describing all of those details. And I can't Uh, imagine no being in there for that. I couldn't. So it was a very emotional time, rightfully so. It's so crazy to me that this trial took place in Calhoun County, which is just like Mm -hmm. it's not far from us. I work there frequently. Yeah. So it took place in 1997 and it was, it's really creepy because when they finally do reach a verdict in this case and they read the verdict. He is found guilty, and he is sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. And when they read the verdict, he literally, John Cahoe, he literally laughs out loud. What? Yes, it's creepy. He laughs when they sentence him to oh, life. Okay. Um. He later goes back and says because he's done some interviews, which we will talk about. Um. He says that he was just, you know, young and stupid, and he regrets doing that. Like okay. he. Um, just had so many things going through his head, and you know. All
0: right, well, but I
1: mean, maybe, maybe
0: I'll give him still very still
1: odd inappropriate. I did watch it, and he just like he just lets out this like really loud devious laugh, and I can't imagine how the family felt when that happened. No, well, the family was probably like, well, we get the last laugh because you're going away for life, right? So John, at that point, he does go to prison. He's found guilty. Yeah, he he is sent to prison. And some time has gone by, 20, I think, 27, 28 years now. Something like that.
0: Well, when was this? It's 2022, and the crime
1: happened in uh, 1993. Yeah, and he didn't get sentenced until 97. Right, right. So what's ended up unfolding? There's some things that have happened through this time. One of the things is that John has maintained his innocence this entire time, He's been very vocal about being innocent, and he has heavily disputed his verdict and appealed many, many times. Mm -hmm. So what has ended up happening in his efforts is that he is, and I just saw an article about this in 2020. It was November of 2020. Um, He was awarded the chance of a new hearing, Okay. So there is a possibility that he could get a new trial. trial. Okay. Um,
0: Is it a new evidentiary hearing? Yes. Yep. Before the trial? Okay.
1: He has been granted the permission to do the evidentiary hearing. My understanding is that it's in the works, but because of COVID, it's been put off forever. So it hasn't happened yet, but he is he was granted that. Okay. So we'll um, be having a follow-up then on this case. We will and it's it's almost chilling to me to think about it because I'm sure this brings up a lot for family for of everybody. Of course. But he will have that chance to present his story, his, his, his side.
0: Well, I will say this, okay? I mean, they both I can freely say this because they have both been convicted mm-hmm. for this crime. All right? Mm-hmm. So we know they were both involved. If I were John, I would want a new trial as well, based on the fact that it was kind of like the first to sing first gets the lesser sentence. It was.
1: Um, I agree with you. I do have my own opinions on, you know, I think they were both involved. Yeah. For sure. Do I think that that means that he should be released
0: and not be serving life in prison? No.
1: Right. But
0: I kind of feel like... Billy got off real easy in all this. He
1: did in the circumstances with the trial. And again, I'm not advocating for this man. I'm not. But when you look at what happened, basically, really all they had they had the spot of blood to go by, right? Um, that they found, and
0: Billy's testimony. And Billy's testimony. And so, and then you've got the fact that the guy, you know, someone, one of John's acquaintances, tried to. Blow up the house. Yes. And he was convicted of that as well. So that's not a, like an allegedly thing that did happen. So, you know, do I, I don't know that a new hearing would make him a free man, you know, but perhaps there should be more
1: here to be considered. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to get to in just a minute. He has a, Different version of what happened that night that he's I'm been sure sharing he does that probably excludes him as much as Billy tried to exclude himself. <laughs> it, you are correct mm-hmm. in that. Another ironic piece of this case is that Rose's mother ended up forgiving Billy. She made the decision to f- fully forgive him and even visited the the scene, like the house that this took place with him. Oh my God, she's the strongest
0: woman I've ever heard of then.
1: And when I'm sure I, the forgiveness
0: was more for her heart than it was for that's Billy. That's
1: what I was like, okay, I'm, I'm inspired, slash, wow, that would just be hard. And mm-hmm. I don't want to put myself in her shoes. Um, we've heard of many people forgiving. And yep. Billy also, it was different with him because he was like a lifelong friend. They were friends. Right since she was a lot more exposed to Billy than she was she she had a soft
0: spot for Billy whereas John she was put off by she kicked him out of her house yeah
1: okay and so they were they were close friends for a long time and so I think there was a piece of Rose's mother's heart that obviously found the strength to do that right when I read that I was like wow I feel a lot of things about that
0: if I I was his mom I would want to believe excuse me if I was her mom I would want to believe Billy's side of things as well yeah
1: now, the last part of this case I'm going to share with you is my astonishment in... So John Keho, he has maintained quite an active social media presence throughout the years. He still has a Facebook to this day that he posts on or a family member posts on. And I actually wanted to, like, to put it out there of if anybody knows how... How the incentive or privilege system works when you're in prison. I am amazed. Well, if he's had good behavior, he probably has access to the internet. I'm just. I'm wondering. It looks like he's. Um, he has a podcast that he does. He really? has a Facebook page. Really? He has appeared on. Uh, podcasts and I listened to one today somebody interviewed him from prison you can even hear in the podcast like you have one minute oh yeah so yeah he is in prison and yeah. he's talking to the podcaster and he has a totally different story that he puts out like I said okay. um but he has really been active in putting things out there even on the Facebook page he puts like Updates, unless it's a family member. We said maybe it was a family member. I guess it doesn't surprise
0: me if he's trying to seek justice, if he's claiming he had nothing Mm. to do with this. He's trying to advocate
1: for himself. And it's, like, a variety of things, like, I mean, there's things about him being innocent and his testimony and whatnot, but then there's also, like, just various updates, like... Saw an owl outside today. It was oh. cold, you know. Oh, like, like stuff. Just, just a stupid little shit we would put up there. <laughs> yes. right. Okay. And then just, be
0: embarrassed about later when we read it in our memories. I'm like, why did I tell people that?
1: I'm not gonna lie. I spent way too much time on it because I was. It wasn't that I was enjoying it. It was just I was astonished. Like, right? I've never they can seen do this. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. He. I mean, like I said, there's still posts on there recently. He's been very active and put his presence out there, so
0: sure, I'm sure it's a part of trying to make sure he gets a new trial and things like that and yeah. I'm, I'm not saying i'm I'm not saying that we all deserve a fair trial like that is our right as an American yes, so even shitheads deserve yes. a fair trial
1: and so just sharing in a nutshell, there is a podcast that is lengthy where he goes into a lot of details about his version of things, okay. but just a very brief nutshell of his side of things. Uh He claims that the day Rose was murdered that he had picked up Billy. Billy had reached out to him, I think on a pager, what he said. Oh, yeah, Um, probably. (laughs) He said Billy had reached out to him, wanted to hang out. Uh, John went to pick him up, and Billy had this girl named Shelly that he wanted to pick up and try to sleep with. So sure. John agreed. They pick Shelly up. Apparently, some somewhere along the line, they ran into Rose, who saw Shelly. They got into it. Um, but it doesn't end up working out. Like, she's not interested in sleeping with John. They drop her off. Shelly? Yes, Shelly. Okay. It, didn't yep, she want to sleep with Billy? Um I why am I struggling here? <laughs> it's a lot of players and yes. I'm I'm keeping up here. I'm so happy. You're just like you're into I'm this. into it. I want I am interested yes. to know what his side of the story she, is. She she Billy wanted to sleep with Shelly. Yes. And, and so and Shelly was saying, no uh, thank you. Not into you. Or okay. Something along those lines. I get it. I saw a picture. Okay. He, yes, we we will put those pictures up. All right. Um so yeah, so they get they at some point drop her back off and so since Billy didn't get lucky with Shelly, he's like, let's get Rose. I you know, see. there has been this involvement with John, which his version of the story is that he never had a relationship with Rose. That they basically, his version is that they hooked up. He did stay there a few times, but the media is really what. Put that narrative out that they had this close relationship. But and they what never about? Did. I'm sorry,
0: but what about her mom, who's like, yeah, he lived with us, and I kicked her out or him out. Exactly. Okay. All right. So right off the bat here, there's holes. Some things. Yeah, yeah.
1: So they pick up Rose, and they do go back to the grandparents' house to John's grandparents, mm-hmm. like 40 really minutes sad. away in Albion. Yes. So when they get there, John has sex with Rose. Now, what John is putting out there. I almost didn't put this in. I'm not gonna put a, a great deal of what he said out there, but the things that he indicated about Rose are pretty demeaning. Like he implied mm. that she was basically okay with sleeping with all like the group. Like there was just kind Boy, of a thing we've that they seen did. That before, huh? We have. Mm. And so he said that Bill it was Billy's idea to basically lure Rose in by having John there to sleep with her because she because Billy knew that Rose had a thing for John, right? Mm-hmm. So you sleep with her, and then Billy would basically sleep with her after slide in there and do it too. Yes, and okay. that's and okay. from what John describes, this is their this was their thing. It wasn't uncommon for this kind of thing to happen, which we did talk okay. about that with yeah, like why they showered together mm-hmm. and so maybe it was a thing. I don't know. I'm um, not gonna stink your kink, okay? Right? We don't do that here. Yeah, at Crime don't. Curious, we don't. You can. Consensually, be as kinky as you, you want. You can. So, according to John, he does have sex with Rose. Rose and Billy do massive amounts of cocaine. Apparently, they they were they had cocaine. They had booze. They had all kinds of things. All right. So, so bump, grind, and they do a little bump and shots. Okay. And, um, he ends up basically. What happens is Billy isn't really getting anywhere with Rose. He's getting frustrated. He's like, she's not sleeping with me because you're here probably having a hard time getting
0: it up because he just did a massive amount of cocaine you could be out of something so john said
1: being such a good friend that he is all right i'll leave oh wow just taking himself right out of the old equation yeah i'll leave this is yeah okay i'll go get some food so he goes to mcdonald's he's gone 30 minutes to an hour at the most. He comes back. Rose is dead at that point.
0: Sure. And it takes me an hour to get McDonald's. Right. In the small town of Albion. Doesn't take you an hour to drive to and from and do anything in Albion, I mean, I have that way. bag
1: in my hand in like five minutes. And it's gone within another five minutes. Yes. Yeah. So just things All to right. consider. But uh-huh. So Rose is dead when he gets back. Sure. His version of the story is interesting because he... Um, Denies any type of blood being seen. He denies any dismemberment of the body. He de- he denies the cannibalism. He said that that was all made up by Billy. That- yeah, I deny that too. Mm-hmm. So the podcaster asks him, well, how was she killed? Did you ask questions? What happened? He said, I didn't ask any questions. He said, I didn't ask any questions. I panicked. I didn't want him to hurt me or kill me. So I decided to help him get rid of the body, but it was not... Dismembered or bloody, and he doesn't know how she died.
0: Okay, so another whole possible hole, if I was an attorney, mm-hmm. would be saying you are an admitted international drug criminal. Okay, you run the drugs; you were running them in Mexico, ran them here in America. Mm-hmm. You're scared of Billy, and you have pan- all those weapons that you know Rose. Uh, you know rose's mom kicked you out for mm-hmm.
1: and you're scared of billy? I think that you and the podcast were on the same uh lines of thinking cuz he kind of asked that of like you know why did you decide to help and like also if you see pictures of him he looks like he could really f somebody up more than billy. For sure. Basically what John says is that he was big time into dealing. He said marijuana at the time. Like massive amounts of it Mm -hmm. and that he was nervous about like having that under his belt and getting wrapped up into this so he decides that he just needs to help get rid of the body the rest of what happens like he does um he did like i said he denies dismemberment he denies the cannibalism but he said at that point they took the body they did go to the property they burned it down and they distributed the ashes, so that okay, part that part is lines true. up. But
0: mm-hmm. he, yeah, because they already had found the burn pile, so of course he's got to include that in his right. side of the story. To play right. devil's advocate here, yes. I mean, I wasn't there, I don't know, I'm, you know, but mm-hmm.
1: he was convicted for this, so and he can I think, speak freely. But yeah, the problem with this, and maybe you know, I don't know what the truth is, but there's that opportunity of. Nobody was there when mm-hmm. she died, so this is, is my version.
0: Yes, and it is his word against the, you know, one word against the other. Yeah. They have a splatter of blood. They have a burn pile, the, and that's it. The so splatter of blood. I,
1: I get it. The explanation for that was that Rose loved cocaine, and so from his his version is that he did not see blood when he arrived, so it could have been from her doing Excessive amounts of cocaine. Okay. Because what he, and this isn't what I read in the other article, it sounded like it was on the bathroom wall, but from what he said, it was found like under her phone on the wall somewhere. Um, He described it differently, but he said that he thinks it could have been from her doing the cocaine and they don't really know that it was because there was not this bloody scene like Billy described. Right.
0: Yeah. Because. I don't know. Whoever did it cleaned it up, but if it's behind a phone. It's not splat. I don't know, not splattering it's just, from your yeah. nose. You know what I mean? From snorting cocaine. Like it could be, if it was on the floor, mm-hmm. then I could say, okay,
1: maybe it dripped out of her nose. And I hate to say this, but Billy got his story out there first. He did. And so he did. we know that that, yep. it has an impact on people. It. Maybe it, Billy knew that. Maybe that's why he came forward. But Well, and if he, he was the weaker person, also he was the one that, because
0: at the time, John was in Mexico hiding out. He was. So Billy wasn't. So it is very possible that the FBI got a hold of him, put some pressure on him, like, hey, you know, yeah. sing like a canary and it'll work out in your favor. And it did. And it did. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, you know, this is a shit show. It really we is. Have two different, I will, I will say that I agree he was convicted on very little.
1: He was, and, and is it
0: right that he should be convicted simply because he wasn't the one that said his side of the story first? No, no, I, I do agree with that. I do, but too. I do think that they are both responsible here. That Billy's sentence is a joke that he got, and you know
1: these are just my personal opinions, mm-hmm. but that is that was an extreme deal that he got because he did admit to his part in discarding. The body, yeah, he admitted to that, and so at the very least, I mean, that's still what they did. I mean, it was pretty. I mean, at brutal. least they didn't offer him full immunity, but but
0: still, mm-hmm. uh, it's yeah. Uh, and then when you throw in the fact that now you know, that John is saying, and, and I don't know, was he saying this story all along, or is this just recently? Since you know, there's been a lot of talk about old older cases coming back into the limelight because of older investigative techniques mm-hmm. that were accepted at the time that aren't now and older laws that were accepted at the time that aren't now. So, you know, was this his story all along? How? Yeah, I would be interested to know from investigator to investigator who would have interviewed John, how the
1: story has molded. If it's changed at and, all. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Or if it
0: has stuck, you know, has, has it rang true this whole time?
1: The other it's, part that always gets me in these cases, and I'm not like, I don't know the truth in this, so I'm not even right. going to pretend to know, but what always gets me is when you have somebody that remembers every single detail of something that happened 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I could see remembering every detail possibly like after. You discover this this horrible scene. Um, well, yes and no because Maybe, sometimes I don't people know. trauma. Block it out. I was gonna
0: say sometimes the brain does funny things with trauma. But just
1: an average night where you're doing some cocaine and booze, and you went to get some McDonald's. Like I'm not gonna remember all of my time sequence of events that no. I did.
0: No, so especially always... not after I'm
1: high. Yes, and drunk. And that's honestly and... what convinced me when we did the Scott Peterson. I'm like, no, this man does not <laughs> remember everything so perfectly um no and so i that that screams red flags for me but honestly like you said i do agree that the trial was was not fair yeah um they honestly it's hearsay it's it's his word billy's word
0: i think you know there there needs to be more what about this gal this shelly gal that was picked up. You know, maybe that's something that's coming in as part of the evidentiary be. trial, uh, you know, yeah. as well as she's willing to speak up and say, yeah, you know, I was with them that night. Yeah, this is what went
1: down. My understanding is that John really had no witnesses on his behalf. So no one was there to present anything on his side. Yeah. It was all just really heavily based on what Billy had to say. Right. And and the okay. media grabbed a hold of a lot of this. Sure. and. Um, John's version is that they really, they had their own narrative and put their own story out, and a lot of it was not true.
0: And I'm not saying that that so, didn't
1: happen for sure. Yeah. But
0: I think at the end of the day, both of these men had something to do with this woman's murder. And there's, clearly there's still some more things maybe that need to be figured out. But I, mm-hmm. I think we have the right people. Well, we... For, for a year we had both of the right people in jail but yeah. like that it's it's real sad to me that someone even if billy's story is 100% true that's still a really light sentence for the involvement that you had in just mm-hmm. in getting rid of someone that you've known so since so you're fifth one grade. of your best
1: friends and that part that honestly hurt my soul because it's like they were really close yeah. friends yeah and you know, I don't know what he went through in that if his story is absolutely true. I mean, he reports vomiting, he reports... I I don't right, know. But right. that part was sad to me that he took part in that. Yep. Um and And didn't come forward right away. I mean yeah. it was
0: two and a half years later.
1: And that's so the other p- piece to this. If that's true two and he really and a half years. Yeah. If he had no idea this was truly gonna happen and he was blindsided by it, I'm sure that trauma haunts him to this day. Right. But we don't right. know we don't know the truth in this, yeah. but I am Eager to see how it unfolds. Yeah, me and too.
0: Thank you for sharing yeah. both sides.
1: And my heart goes out to their family because me too. I cannot imagine this being dug up after twenty something no. years. And now they're they're gonna have to to face this again. Do this again. Yeah. So I know I agree. My heart goes Michigan out to them, case, too. Michigan case. Wow. Michigan is at it again. Way too close to us, Michigan yes. case, actually. Yeah. Uh, no, so thank close. You. Even though we love you, Michigan. Yeah. So I do yeah. have some I picked some heartwarming brain baths today. Thank you. We appreciate that. I'm like, I'm not going to do criminals for you. You deserve better today. Thank you. We've, we've, we're done with criminals now for a moment. Please give us a break. I'm going, I'm going to give you some animal, heartwarming animal stories. Okay. My fave. Do you need readers, my dear friend? I I do. I I see see you squinting and putting your
0: phone farther away from your face. Let
1: me just look here. Mm. So full disclosure, when I read this, you know I'm a, a old soft serve. Oh, of um, course, it made me a, a little. It gave me the feels. Okay. Did you tear up? Did you cry? On a scale <laughs> d- of, it wasn't a full cry, but I did feel the mist of moisture. I was okay. moist. Okay. All uh, right. It was. It, there was some moisture. Yes.
0: Say say no more. It made Amber moist. Great. Okay. It's a dog
1: story. Do it. Do <laughs> not I not related? Th- oh God. <laughs> Okay, I'm just going to read it yep, because I don't idea. like the, the picture I'm painting for everybody. Right, for, every for yourself. Okay, so I'm just going to read it to you. It says, Loyal Dog Springs owner from jail. What? Yes, and this is true. There's a picture. It's adorable. So I'll read you the little the blurb. When someone is arrested, it's not uncommon for a loved one to come down and pay bail or plead for their release. And such was the case when a Dominican man was taken into custody by police for violating curfew. Except his loved one was of the canine variety. Oh, that's the best variety. It is. It's my favorite variety. As seen on a police Facebook video, the dog strolls in confidently and begs for his owner's release. It worked. And this is a quote uh, from one of the officers. You know why I'm going to let him go? Because anyone can come in here, and that dog came and told me the man was his, and that's why I'm going to let him go.
0: Oh. Isn't that so sweet? It is. And he's probably like, this poor dog might not get fed if I don't let this guy go. Yes. And he was just violating curfew. He was. was.
1: Yeah. And so the officer went on to say, This is the first time I have handed over a prisoner to a dog. Oh. The man, for his part, reportedly promised to behave going forward. Oh, I love that. Here's a picture. Oh my
0: gosh, that's precious. Look at him smiling. I
1: know. Isn't that so sweet? Can you imagine the dog, like, just. Blushing in there up. like, all right, I yeah. know he's here. Yep. Where yep. is he? Probably followed his scent. It just gave, it gave me the feels. I thought that was so sweet. I love it. Okay, I'm going to read you one more. <laughs> this one I've heard before, but I just love it so much. I'm going to share for those that have not heard it. Okay. Are you familiar with the parrots that they had to remove from the jail? <laughs> or the not the jail. Not the jail. They had to put them in parrot jail. They, yes. Um, For too much cursing. Yes. For those of you that that haven't heard it, so five African gray parrots, if you're not familiar with those, those are like the best parrots. They will repeat anything. Yeah. Or mimic any sound. They're they're really cool. So parrots Billy, Eric, Tyson, Jade, and Elsie recently had to be separated. I love how it's a whole gang. Yes, it is. I love their names, too. Me, too. Billy, the parrot. Tyson. (laughs) They were separated from each other. Because they were swearing too much. And this was in the UK. A quote from one of the workers. We are quite used to parrots swearing, but we never have five at the same time. And for some reason, these five relish it. So they were loving it. People were mainly entertained by the potty mouth parrots. When a parrot tells you to fuck up, it amuses people very highly. It's brought a big smile to a really hard year. Aww. But for the sake of the children, the zoo decided it was best to put the birds in separate enclosures until they can be.
0: <laughs> Amber, that's what I would happen it. to us if somebody put us in an enclosure together. Oh, yeah. That's
1: basically what our podcast studio is. Can you imagine that you're just walking by and they're like, fuck, fuck off, off. <laughs> Okay, I
0: suddenly really want to be a parrot. I know. So bad. Just I do constantly
1: love- cursing at humans. I yeah. do love them. Um I had a friend that's mother had one. And they're, like, mischievous, too. She Mm -hmm. said she would, like, clean its cage and it would watch and then edge over and kick the bird, like, the seed out and, like, make a mess again. (laughs) They're just, they're really neat. They're assholes. I love them. They really are assholes. Yeah. So so hopefully those were heartwarming for you. Well, they put a smile on my face. Thank you.
0: And if you guys want more of us, feel free to hop on over to crimecuriouspatreon.com and uh, join our Patreon, help keep us on the air. Follow us on social media, write us your case suggestions on social media or at crimecurious at yahoo.com. And until next week, everyone, take Bye-bye. care. Bye-bye.